0: Ransom, Ransom Freed me Freed me lose, lose me from, from sin Now i saved
1: the midweek service here at Community Bible Baptist Church. If you're here you already ate dinner, say amen. If you haven't eaten dinner, say amen. It would have been nice to have food trucks tonight, preacher, wouldn't it? Oh, stand to your feet. Would you so glad that you're here? And can it be that I should gain an interest in the Savior's blood? The first few lyrics to this song, sing with me, entitled, and can it be, sing with me, Pastor Austin, would you lift your voice from where you're standing there and get us started with a word of prayer, please? Amen. If you've been a member here more than 20 years, would you raise your hand? Amen. I see a few. What a blessing. How about 10 years or 10 years or less? I want to see who you are. 10 years or less. I'm just making sure you're listening to me. How about between 10 and 20 years? If you're not a member yet, no, you don't have to raise your hand. If you're visiting us for the first time. We do want you to raise your hand. One of the ushers want to give you a visitor's card. Anybody visiting us for the first time tonight? First-time visitor, thank you for being with us, sir. So glad that you're here. we got one gentleman in the back. Anybody else? If you can fill that out, put it in the offering as your offering later on. That would be fantastic. Glad you're here. Can we turn around, shake someone's hand, making them welcome here to the midweek service at Community Bible Baptist Church. Sing this song together, Redeemed. How I love to proclaim it. Sing with me, Redeemed.
2: Welcome back. Uh, This is the last of our five-part series uh, on the attributes of God. And uh, you should have, after this evening, if you've been to all of our sessions, you should have 17 pages of notes. And uh, that's all for your um, consumption on your own. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But a couple of things I want to do before we get started. One, I want to make sure everyone got a copy of our, our notes this evening. Four pages of notes this evening. Uh, Chuck, uh, hold your hand up and Mr. Black will get to you back there. He's, he's milling around. And also, uh, there's an evaluation. And uh, the evaluation's kind of important uh, it uh, allows pastor to know uh, whether or not we did this of any uh, effect at all and uh, whether or not you would like to do more things kind of like this. So if you'll just take the time to fill out the evaluation and uh, you, can, uh, you can leave it on your seat before you leave this evening, uh, Mr. Black will be at the back door. If he's paying attention, he'll be at the back door collecting these. Uh, But these are kind of important for us, and we'd like for you to do that. Uh, Rosemary is going to mail hers in. Um, She is not here this evening. She has uh, bronchitis, uh, of all things. Uh, So I'm going to ask fellows back there, if you can kind of pan to the congregation, can you do that? And if everyone would wave to Rose Marie, she's watching, it, watching at home tonight, so she really wanted to be here. All right, thank you for doing that. Um, we're going to begin with the, uh, the last page of your notes. The last page of your notes, that'd be page number four, uh, and it's entitled, Why We Must Study Privately in the Spirit at Home. The whole intent of our seminar and and doing seminars is to give you lots of information that you can take home and digest for yourself. But there are several things I want you to see that the word of God tells us why we do things like this and why it is essential that you do this on your own. First of all, The Holy Spirit is your teacher. Not your preacher, not your pastor, not your teacher. But the Spirit of God is your teacher. And that's what this page is all about. The anointing of the Holy Spirit will tutor us. And there's a portion of scripture here from 1 John chapter 2 that says, But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. And you need not that any man teach you. Just need someone to put together the notes for you to go home and study. But the same anointing teacheth you of all things and is truth and is no lie. And even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. There's a whole lot in that verse. But what I want you to see is the Holy Spirit is the one that does the teaching here. Secondly, the Holy Spirit is the one that reveals truth to us. In John 14, 26, Jesus said, the Comforter, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And so as we share all of this, the Holy Spirit is going to help to bring it all back up into your consciousness so that it will make sense to you. Number three, the Holy Spirit anoints us for knowledge. God wants us not only to know him, but to know about him. And that's what the seminar is about. The attributes of God, the kind of god that we have but you have an unction that means an anointing from the holy one and you know all things by him we know the things of god by private study with the holy spirit in first corinthians chapter 2 it says this now we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Does that make sense to you? That God is saying to us, we have the spirit of God so that we can not only know him, but know about him. And I'll not read the rest. You can do that on your own, and I encourage you to do that. Uh, Next to the last item there, God gives us his spirit to instruct us. This was from the very beginning. He did this for the Israelites when they were out walking around in the desert. Thou gavest also thy good spirit to instruct them, and withheld not the, the manna from their mouth, and gave them water for their thirst. God is our instructor via the Holy Spirit. And then private personal study reveals the will of God for us. It's only when we get alone with God that we're really going to understand what our place is with him and in his grand scheme of things. The psalmist wrote and and said in Psalm 143, teach me to do thy will. We learn how to do the will of God. For thou art my God... Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness to be able to do righteousness. I want to start with this portion this evening because so many people are confused. say, well, we're going too fast. There's too much to absorb. Folks, that's what a seminar is all about. Take it home. Let God speak to you through it. All right, let's look at page one. And we'll look first at Job 22:21. 21. Here again, God is saying, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. God is saying, if you, if you get to know me, if you get to know about me, I'm going to do some good things for you. We'll do some good things together. So on that note, let's open our time together with a word of prayer. Father, as we pause for a moment just to remind ourselves of your goodness and your desire for us to know you in a more complete way, we will never know all about you. We will never understand the dimension of our God. But, oh, God, we can can know about you. We can come to an appreciation that when we come together to worship, we can worship with understanding. When we serve you, we can serve you in a way knowing, Lord, that the greatness of God is anointing us for our work. Oh, God, this evening, open our hearts and our minds to this subject, knowing you and knowing about you. And Father, I thank you for the opportunity to present all of this, that we might know you better. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, Roman numeral one, God is sovereign. I'm not going to read these large portions. That is for you to do on your own. But the sovereignty of God simply stated is God has a right to rule his kingdom. He created it for himself, for his purposes, and God has an eternal purpose to which we're not privy. We don't know all of what God is going to do in the ages to come. And he does tell us from the scripture that there are ages to come. And we have a big part in that. We don't know all of what it is. God is simply saying for now, know and understand that I have the right to rule according to my knowledge and my power and my purpose. That's what the sovereignty of God is all about number one sovereignty can only be absolute in one who is all-powerful God is indeed almighty he is the only almighty all-powerful God that gives him the right to rule and reign over his creation Number two, the rule and reign of God encompasses all of creation. Nothing is free from his authority. That's why we call him Lord. In First Chronicles 29, 12, we have this declaration that says, but riches and honor come of thee and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thine hand it is is to make great and to give strength unto all. Simply said, God is ruler of everything. From the most minute to the greatest expanse, God is ruler over it all. Number three, only an all knowing God superintends his domain and nothing escapes his attention. As far as God is concerned, there are no secrets. You and I have secrets. There are things about you and I that we don't want anyone to know. Amen? Yeah, we should have got amens across the board there. I'm gonna put that down. But God knows it all. God understands it all. Nothing escapes His attention. Ephesians one and verse eleven: In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who worketh all things after the counsel. his own will all things are worked according to god's purpose and will nothing escapes his attention nothing gets done apart from him knowing it all perfectly and number four number four opposition to god is allowed to exist and will ultimately serve his divine eternal purposes. Why does God allow evil to exist? God has a purpose. One of the things here that, that um, is really scary for us. And that is the fact that you and I have the ability to say no to God. That's an awesome awesome thought that we would ever say no to God, but he will allow that. When we know what God's will is and we decide to do something different, God is going to allow that, but it will ultimately work to his purpose. God has a purpose in it all. All right, Roman numeral two. God is omnipotent. This simply means God is all-powerful. There is no limit to what God can do. We sing that song every once in a while, uh, but the fact is that there is all power in God. God can do anything that can be done. Number one. God's power is irresistible in ruling. Nothing within the created order can successfully oppose him. Yes, you can oppose him for a while, but it's not going to work out in the, in the end. We can say no to God, we can be disobedient to God, but it's not going to work out in the end. No one can successfully say no to God, or to be disobedient to God or oppose him. Number two, the exercise of God's power may at times supernaturally or miraculously suspend natural law. You and I are bound by natural law. That is gravity. Uh, we're, we're bound by Um, just uh, the way things are, the way things are created. Every once in a while, God has the ability to do something that is beyond the natural. It's why Jesus could walk on water. It's why Jesus could miraculously heal because he could suspend the natural order in order to accomplish his purpose. He has the power to do that. Number three, God's power guides the processes of time to conform to his ultimate purposes and will. There are some things that God allows by his permissive will. It's not necessarily the best thing, but God says, I can let this go because I have an ultimate purpose that we're moving toward. That would be his permissive will. His perfect will, we know, works out perfectly for us. So God's power guides the processes of time to conform to his ultimate purposes and will. You've already turned your pages. God is omniscient. The term omniscient simply means God is all-knowing. The definition that was given to me as a Bible student 40 years ago was this. God knows all things that can be known instantly, forever. There isn't anything that can be known that is not already known perfectly by God. Had to memorize that. But that basically is what it means to be omniscient. God knows everything that can ever be known. One of the things that means is God never learns anything. Some Christians are like that. little muttering of humor there. But that doesn't mean they're omniscient. There's another word for them. God does not increase in knowledge. Number one, God does not increase in knowledge or learn anything new because he knows all things perfectly instantaneously secondly there is no occasion or happening in creation that god does not fully anticipate or expect god you never find god saying wow didn't know that was going to happen didn't see that coming that's just something that you will never see in god God knows what's going to happen. God knows what's going on. God knows what's coming tomorrow. That's the nice thing about having a really close relationship with God, because he'll help you to get ready for what's coming tomorrow. And we do have tomorrows to live. So it just seems reasonable to us that if we will get close to him, that he will help us to be ready for whatever is coming tomorrow. Number three, God knows everything about all things in creation down to its minutest detail. He knows where every speck of dust is. He knows where every grain of sand is. No matter how the hurricanes move them around, God knows where it all is down to the minutest detail, and he knows it perfectly. Number four, God has perfect knowledge of all concrete facts and every abstract concept. That is, there isn't anything that we can engage God in in terms of conversation, or our ideas, or or anything that has to do at all with knowledge, that God is not at the top of the game. God knows it all perfectly. We're very limited in that we have a finite mind to work from, but God's mind is infinite. His knowledge is infinite, and he knows all things perfectly perfectly. All concepts, abstract or concrete, God knows them all. Number four. God is patient. Incidentally, all of these um, attributes of God, God has been good enough to share them with us. That's why we call these the communicable attributes of God. Session three, which we did last time, and this session are all about the communicable attributes. That just means that God gave us the ability to do the things that are part of what he does. So we have the ability to be patient. But the Bible tells us that... Not to pray for patience. Why is that? Tribulation Tribulation worketh patience. So when you're praying for patience, that means you're inviting some kind of tribulation so that you can learn that lesson. God doesn't have to learn that lesson, but he is patient. God's patience, number one, God's patience demonstrates his kindness and mercy in that he is not hasty to retaliate or punish. Each one of us ought to be grateful for that. That God was willing to wait for us to come to the place of redemption. Willing to wait on us as we meandered through life waiting for us to come to a place of repentance. God is withholding his judgment upon the earth. And the more you look at the news, you just kind of wonder, Lord, what are you waiting for? We really feel like it's time. But God's patient. God's waiting. And his time will be perfect but he's never hasty in bringing judgment or punishment. Number two, in his divine patience, God demonstrates a great strength and fortitude as he relates to his creation. Have you ever struggled with your patience? Have you ever had your patience tested? yes we have can you imagine how god's patience is being tested we can only imagine romans 9:22 says this what if god willing to show his wrath and to make his power known endured with much long suffering the vessels of wrath fitted for destruction God says, I'm going to have to pour out my wrath on some, but I'm I'm going to give them as much time as I possibly can. I am indeed grateful for that. God has been very patient with Harry Mills. Number three, God patiently endures the insult and offensiveness of our sin Awaiting our willingness to repent. You see, if I were God, I think lightning would be a handy tool. You know, you sin, boom. You step out of line, boom. Wouldn't that get everybody's attention? God doesn't work that way. He patiently endures the insult of sin. He's waiting, but judgment is coming. Roman numeral five God is faithful. The faithfulness of God, simply stated, is born out of his perfection. God cannot do apart from his entire nature. It's born out of his perfection. I say in the, uh, in the uh, introduction, introduce, intro, the paragraph above, in no sense could God ever, in the slightest form or in any way, be unfaithful. And we have examples of that all through the scripture. God is steadfast in his allegiance, affection, and abiding presence for us. He says he will never leave us or forsake us. We are his and he abides With us. Number two, God made commitments to His creation, obligating Himself to perform in various unfailing ways. All through the scripture, we have covenants. A covenant is simply God's guarantee that He's going to do something no matter how long it takes. Nation of Israel has a covenant with God. He will one day restore the nation of Israel because of the covenant he made with Abraham. Thousands of years ago, God is going to be faithful to keep covenant with Israel. Number three, God is firm in his determination to adhere to his promises to secure the soul of believers. That is God's faithfulness. He is determined to work with us as much as he possibly can to bring us to the place of redemption. 1 Thessalonians 5 says this, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of the Lord Jesus. Faithful is he that calls you, who also will do it. God will fulfill all of his promises. Number four, God's faithfulness is revealed in his desire to give us a sense of divine help and security. Part of the fact that God will never leave us or forsake us, he's also saying, I will be your help. In Isaiah forty-one ten, he said, fear thou not. He says, I'm going to strengthen you with my righteous right hand. I'm going to be there for you. I will always be your help. So God's faithfulness is always revealed in his desire to give us a sense that he is always there for us. His divine help is always present. Roman numeral six God is spirit. Now, we spoke to this early on in in the uh, presentation, Uh, I believe it was uh, in uh, session one. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, God is spirit. In John chapter 4, he says, God is spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And truth. So we have we have this. Number one, God being spirit in his essence can and does inhabit all of his creation as an abiding presence. We talked about the eminence of God. Now, we say that this is a communicable attribute. You remember going back to Genesis when God created man. It says that he formed man out of the dust of the earth. That was the physical part. But then God breathed into Adam the breath of life, and he became what? A living Soul, man became a spiritual being. God is spirit, and he created us to be able to be uh, in the spirit with him. But because he is spirit, he can be imminent in all of creation. God's here this evening. He said, where two or three are gathered in my name, I will be there in the midst of them. God is present here. Uh, God's sitting in your automobile waiting for you uh, to drive home. Uh, God's going to be in your home when you get home. God will be in your bedroom when you close your eyes tonight, lay your head on your pillow. God is there. God is always present. Number two, God imparts spiritual truth via or by the indwelling Holy Spirit residing in the soul of the redeemed. In John 16, it says, Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you unto all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So God imparts spiritual truth because he is spirit. Number three, his spiritual presence in us is sensitive to and affected by spiritual faults and failures. That is, we can grieve the spirit of God within us. His presence is affected by our behaviors, our attitudes, the things that we do, the things that we say. All affects our relationship with God in the spirit. And number four, communion and interaction with God must be on a spiritual level Because flesh is not regarded by him. That is what we do in the flesh really does not connect with God in the spirit. Now at the bottom of page three, there's a recommended reading. And I would strongly encourage each of you to get a copy of A.W. Tozer's book, the knowledge of the holy. It's a little, not a really big book, but you'll read a paragraph and have to sit back and just let it sink in because it is that good. A.W. Tozer was a, a terrific mind of the 20th century. A great teacher, a great expositor, but he wrote and preached and taught on a level for just about anyone. I strongly recommend A.W. Tozer, The Knowledge of the Holy. Anybody ever read that? Okay, a couple, yes. All right. I want to thank you for your attendance to this. But most of all, I'm praying that God will really open to you a new understanding of who your God is by what we've talked about, what we've presented. And I pray that that it will draw you ever closer to a God who is absolutely magnificent. Spend some time to get to know him. Remember, our portion says, Acquaint now thyself with him and be at peace. Thereby good shall come unto thee. Thank you.
1: And the church says, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Dr. Mills, so much. What a blessing. All right. Let's get out our prayer lists for this evening. got a couple to add to our lines that are provided anybody else have one please raise it up in the air and one of our ushers steve we've got a couple down here that would be great he's on his way thank you so much anybody else have some Let's add Anna Maria Rivera. Anna Maria Rivera. Some health issues. It's her sister. Let's add that to our list to pray for tonight. Okay, that's a blessing, Miss Mrs. Austin. Let's uh, let me mention him out loud. Brother Glenn usually sits in the back of the room. Help me with the last name. Fuyon? Falone. It was pretty close. Falone, thank you. Brother uh, Glenn Falone had been at the hospital, but right now they just let him go. Needs to be on oxygen, just dealing with some health things. He had some tests today, so he's not going to stay overnight, which is a great sign. Um, But let's continue to pray. Obviously, it doesn't feel good. So let's lift him and his wife that's taking care of him in prayer. Her name is Peggy. Peggy. Thank you. Oh, I knew that. It's right here in front of me. I'm sorry. Peggy is her name, and his name is Glenn Fallone, F-U-L-L-O-N-E. All right. Brother Ed Hohen wants us to pray for his mom. What's what's her name? I don't see him. Patricia. Thank you. Has some health issues going on there too. All right. Let's look at our prayer sheets that we've got here. Let's continue to pray for those affected by and in the path of Hurricane Dorian. I had family in Jacksonville, Florida, myself, and they all left pretty quickly earlier in the week, and now they're probably, probably embarrassingly coming back quickly. They've been fine, but lots of us have been affected by that terrible hurricane and the people down in the Bahamas. Miss Little Hannah, she broke her leg yesterday playing on a scooter, and uh, let's pray for her. She's at home recovering. With Paul Overfield, he's still experiencing some complications with his health. And let's continue to pray for Bob and his wife, Eileen Grubbs. They're both hospitalized right now at different facilities. And thankfully, our church family is so loving. We've been visiting them a lot. I think they had three different sets of visitors yesterday, each of them, which is a blessing. I didn't know that. might be a fourth. So what a blessing. Let's continue to have that done, okay? All right. As we do every week, as preacher wants us to come up here and use these altars, I invite you to come and fill up these altars. We're going to set a timer for five minutes, and uh, we want to pray out loud at the same time. If you don't feel comfortable with that, you can just pray silently. That's fine. And use your chair if you don't want to come up here to the altar as an altar. Use your own chair. But the whole point is for us to pray together collectively in this room for all of these needs. So let's let's go to prayer. Let's fill up these altars up here. Let me set the alarm. And I'm going to ask Brother David Hall to make his way to the pulpit once the alarm goes off to pray for all of us together.
3: Thank so you. to church. Father, um, help us now as we collectively gather as a group of believers, Community Bible Baptist Church. Lord, we ask God that you'd help us be faithful in fulfilling our ministries here. Lord, that you call us to do. And Lord, help us to remember we do them unto the Lord. And God, we ask God for the strength and the power and the wisdom that we need to minister both to saints and sinners alike. God, we ask God that you'd help us to give us a greater love for you, a greater capacity to love, Lord. And uh, really, it's much easier to love you than to love others. But you've commanded us to love others, even if they don't love us. Lord, help us to do so through the grace and the power of our God. God, uh, I believe some heads will turn if that's the case. So... Lord, please, we ask God that as we heard tonight that you would anoint us, give us that unction we need, that anointing to walk with you and to be filled with the Spirit, that, Lord, we not not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lord, we want to bear much fruit. We want you to be glorified in our lives. We ask God for your help there. And God, help us to remember to keep humble, keep to keep lowly. Lord, pride is such a wicked, vile thing. Probably nothing more detestable in your sight, I don't think. And, Lord, certainly will probably send more people to hell than any other sin. So, Lord, we just thank you that, Lord, as Dr. Mills reminded us, that you were so long-suffering to us, Word, Not willing that we would perish, but, Lord, come to repentance. And now you've commissioned us, you've called us, you've uh, given us the Spirit of God to empower us. May we be faithful in carrying out the work that you've given us. Lord, our time is so short, it's so brief. Uh, before you know it, we'll be in heaven, whether it's a rapture or by the death of, of, of the grave. But, Lord, um, help us to labor, knowing our labor is not in vain in the Lord. Father, we ask God now, I want to ask a prayer for our missions conference. It's four weeks away from tonight. God uh, just prayed you to just be with us and help us to have a greater Understanding capacity and world missions. Lord, understanding that, uh, Lord, you commission us to go you in know, all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And God, we may specifically may not be sent or called, but certainly we can have a part by giving, uh, by going perhaps across the street or across a state or across the country. Lord, we can certainly pray and we can certainly support missions. So Lord, help us to increase our faith. Uh, Lord, bless our missionaries, and uh, Lord, uh, we thank you for IOS tonight, the mission uh, that Pastor and Miss Valerie started. We ask God that you completely bless that work. We know there's some needs there. Lord, uh, keep the devil out of there, Lord. There's a spiritual power that's strong there, Lord, and we just pray, God, that through you will be victorious and that you would meet the needs and see many Haitians come to Christ and be discipled in the faith. Lord uh, just bringing some of these needs before you pray for those in the path of this hurricane especially for those in the Bahamas I know there's some missionaries there in Abaco we pray for your safety or their safety we pray God that you would give them strength and wisdom and Lord uh, I know people have lost home possessions perhaps even lives of loved ones Lord, may they be driven to you Lord father help them. Father, we pray also for little Hannah Afiro. Lord, help this little girl, broke her leg. Lord, help her to heal, help her to get the treatment she needs, that would to get her back and heal that leg completely and fully. Father, we pray also for Paul Overfield, who's in rehab. We ask God that you'd bless him, help Vonda give her strength. Lord, uh, we just pray for his recovery. Lord, also today for Bob and Eileen Grubbs, Lord, we just pray for them. Uh, lord just help them as uh, they're both hospitalized continue to help us to reach out to them to minister to them they're both up in age and have needs so we just pray for that lord pray for anna marie rivera lord who's having health issues wherever the concern is or the issues are, we just pray that she might find strength and comfort in you we pray for brother glenn and his wife miss peggy again with some health issues we thank you that he doesn't have to be at the hospital Please bless them. Please help them. Give them strength to recover and to be back in church this Sunday, Lord. And, Lord, pray for Ed Hohen's mom, Patricia. Lord, again, health issues. One thing I'm looking forward to, Lord, is that new body. Lord, no more pain, no more suffering, no more aches, no more frailty, Lord. And, uh, Lord, we just pray that you would remind us uh, of our, our condition, Lord, how frail we are and how needful and dependent we need to be on you for everything, not only physically, but emotionally and spiritually especially. Amen. Father, uh, help us to be zealous for our Lord this week. Uh, help us to uh, just uh, be excited about being saved, being a Christian. Help the devil not to discourage us. Help us to get to victory through Christ Jesus our Lord. So we ask all these things tonight in his precious name, Father. Amen.
1: Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and he bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew it and all my love is due him he plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood amen ushers would you come forward please let's go ahead and pass those plates we always give all of us an opportunity to worship the lord through our tithes and or offerings so guys when you get to the front if you go ahead and pass those plates let me give you some announcements that's going on this weekend And to come, we've been talking about the softball team. Please sign up in the coffee shop. That's coming up shortly, September 20th, 21st, the actual tournament happening, okay? Um, Financial Peace University. You know what? Let me give you the order of this week, okay? Tomorrow we have RU. We also have the Women of Ruth tomorrow at 11 o'clock. And then, are you that night? This Friday night, if you want to come to the football games and the volleyball games that our school's playing, that would be fantastic. This Saturday, we have a Jabez prayer meeting at 11 o'clock in Barnard Hall. We also have Jenny Farley's baby shower at the same time, uh, I think in the back of the room. Sunday, we have a full day of worship. Someone say amen. And then Monday night, we have Financial Peace University. We'd like for all of you to attend that. Preacher, I don't think I left anything out other than the senior Bible study and luncheon at 1030, which is next Tuesday, a week from yesterday. Sign-up sheet is in the coffee shop.
4: So my announcements are that we want to get you involved uh, in those devotion groups, D groups, and we've had a good number sign up. But we're talking to staff today. Uh, maybe you've got five or six people, uh, we kind of cluster as, as Baptists, we kind of find our spot and uh, you got five or six people, I know mom's got a group that she's got kind of together and uh, Terry and I we're getting a group together. Uh, But we want you to sign up and uh, become part of that devotion group. Uh, This is not going to be church led. We're not going to have staff. They're going to have to lead their own groups. But this is for you to be organic. Tom needs to have a group and others. And uh, get in that devotion group. And it's another way to A, get in the Bible, B, to bear one of those burdens. And I think it'll be good for us. So please sign up at the coffee shop. And uh, we're going to get that rolling as we get started. And then as we get uh, our to get together, we'll order all the material and uh, get going on that. The other thing, uh, it was so nice to have Dr. Mills teaching in here because that allowed me to do something I never get to do. And that's to go see all the kids. Uh, bus kids don't even know who I am. So I walk in, they're like, who's this guy? So I got to go in and see all the uh, Master Club kids and the bus kids and the teens. And, uh, you know, I was greatly Impressed. I walked in. Uh, Angelica, if you've never heard Angelica with her uh, fifth and sixth grade, these are bus girls. Uh, this is uh, this is such a big age for them. And Angelica was. I snuck in the back there, and they all turned around. Who am I? But then they kind of calmed down. She got back to teaching. Man, she was bringing. Truth. I mean, it was just awesome, and those kids were glued in. And then I snuck across the hall. Ryan Rockefeller. He had again fifth and sixth grade boys. Those boys towering above me. These are big kids, man. And uh, there's some like look. There's some my size too. But uh, again, he was just passionate. He was bringing truth. Uh, and Brother Paul had his group in there. And then I went down to Jenny's group. Now Jenny has the kindergarten and the first graders. And you say, oh, what's a bunch of bus kindergarten first graders? Man, they are memorizing scripture. They are listening. They're engaged. And uh, Miss Jenny is an excellent teacher. So uh, I was greatly impressed with our bus workers tonight. And being able to see them. Then went down to Master Club, check on them. And then went down to the teens. And uh, Brother Nick was doing his thing. And Miss Sarah had all the girls. And I'll tell you what, I know who the preacher in that family is right there. Uh, Miss Sarah was bringing the the truth right there. She was tearing it up. So, Suzanne, you'd be very proud. She was doing a great job. But uh, while we're in here... Whether I'm preaching or Brother Mills or whoever, uh, across this campus, uh, there are some dedicated workers and are doing a great job. And I'll tell you this, uh, two things that you wanna be very thankful for being in here. Number one, air condition, all right? Air condition. Number two, this is my favorite, deodorant. Yes, because without air conditioning and no deodorant, Those bus workers are doing great service for the Lord, all right? I'm telling you. But uh, it was just great. And then they have – so they they teach about 35 minutes or so, memory verses and teaching, and then they turn them loose, do some games with them, and then load them back up. You think about that, how many boys – girls had 122 on the buses tonight. And that's three buses that's three buses and so could you imagine if we had the and and i was talking to josh out there uh the only reason we don't have any more kids than that is we just are running out of space and so we're trying to figure out how to be creative in space and uh y'all just need to pray let's do a sermon today one of my favorite preachers and he was talking about jacob wrestling with the angel and how the angel had to touch him and uh, you know if you're wrestling Uh, The hips are very important. That's your pivot point. And God touched Jacob on his hip, on his thigh there so that he had no strength. And and the preacher was saying that God has to break you down to build you up. And uh, you know, where we are right now, what God is doing in our church and God is doing in our life. uh, I think he's showing us our inability, uh, our weakness so that he can be strong for us. So you pray, pray for all these ministries, all these opportunities that the Lord will continue to bless. Good to have you tonight. We're so thankful. Uh, guests and visitors, thank you for coming tonight. Thank you, Dr. Mills. Great job. Appreciate you very much. Let's all stand together. And we'll be dismissed. I'm not sure if the buses are right here or not, so be careful on your way out. If you did not get material, Chuck has got the material. He's got questionnaires, whatever you need back there. Uh, get that from Chuck before you dismiss. Jesus. Give us some traveling music, please, Caleb. God bless you. I love you. We'll see you Sunday morning. You are dismissed. I'll be back on the Names of God starting next Sun- uh, Wednesday evening. Harry, is this your warning?
3: Ahead. When God will judge both the quick and the dead Will your name be found among the good and right When the book of life is read When the book of life is read Get ready, Jesus is
0: coming Get ready, Jesus is coming It could be morning night or noon But Jesus is coming soon Get ready, Jesus is coming Get ready, Jesus is coming it could be morning night or noon But Jesus is coming.